0: everybody that's joining us down at the cafe on the other end of the building uh, celebration church is a multi-site church we have uh, this group here we also have a group down there that is uh, worshiping we also have a group in stevens point wisconsin that's worshiping uh, with us this morning uh, we also have other cities that are on the drawing board right now that uh, people were talking to about starting uh, churches in their area as well they have uh, they're just like us, they're all part of the one church, they sing the same songs we do, pray the same prayers, the whole deal, and then when it comes time for the message we connect via video and then we all hear the same message and and grow together in our faith so, welcome to all of them, and of course all of you who join us by television watch us on a a weekly basis, we're glad that you're with us as well Um, I want to remind you, uh, for uh, next Sunday is uh, Mother's Day Most of you have mothers, and uh, we would like you to be very kind to your moms next Sunday. Bring her to church for a time of prayer and celebration and communion, and then you can have a wonderful day together. Uh, You might want to keep in mind that it's usually a pretty full service. For some wonderful reason, Mother's Day is one of the biggest Sundays of the year for our congregation. Not quite sure why that is, but uh, in times past, it's even been bigger than Easter. So a lot of people will be here next Sunday. So keep that in mind. Come early. Get a good seat for mom. All right. And I also want to remind you that uh, membership class is starting uh, Sunday May 20th if you've been coming for a while you're kind of new to Celebration Church and are interested in becoming a member we would love for you to join with us become an official part of our family of faith uh, and uh, the classes are very simple and uh, they'll be going on during this service time starting May 20th and uh, you can learn uh, more about uh, who we are as a church and how we operate and all that kind of stuff it's really not designed really trying to get everybody to think and act the same that's not what this church is about. We're not a bunch of robot robots going around trying to think exactly like one person. We're just uh, all trying to get on the same page so that we can uh, serve God together as a family. All right? So, there. This morning, I am going to uh, conclude a uh, series of messages I've been doing actually for a few months now. Uh, what I've called about being a, a healthy uh, woman, a real woman, a real man... Uh, A lot of it's been uh, tied into uh, marriage and family issues and and those sorts of things. Uh, When I began this series, I spoke of how, sadly, people of faith today tend to think and act more like our secular culture that has a whole different set of standards than our biblical culture. And how we wind up making some very bad choices, very bad decisions, uh, particularly when it comes to the area of marriage and family. uh, But uh, this also holds true when it comes to the subject of being single. Today I want to talk to you about being single. In fact, my message is entitled, In Defense of Being Single. A lot of times, single people, particularly in a church like this, that's very strong on marriage and family, and it's certainly my mission in life to help marriages, and by default, it is yours too, because I'm your pastor and I stick it in your face all the time. But... uh, um, a lot of times, people who are not married can kind of feel like, well, gee, I don't quite fit or I don't belong. Nothing could be further than the, from the truth. Uh, single people are very vital and important to our congregation. And we're going to talk about that this morning and how we tend to think upside down, like in marriage and family, even in this area of being single. Uh, for example, in the church today, it's like we say, uh, great to be married, too bad if you're single. but when you read the New Testament in point of fact what it really says it's great to be single too bad if you're married (laughs) and we're going to take a look at that this morning now in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 this is the marriage chapter in the Bible uh, I encourage you to read it uh, sometime and uh, uh, it won't necessarily be a real warm and fuzzy experience you might even get mad reading it Paul was not The fuzziest guy in the world when it came to the idea of marriage. He tolerated it. All right, and that was about it. And we're going to take a look at it, try and get some of his thoughts on this. But he says this: He says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world, how he can please his wife. And his interests, Paul said, are divided. An unmarried woman, or virgin, is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. He says, I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you. I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm not trying to depress you. I'm not trying to be negative, he says. He says, but he's just saying that, that you might live in a right way in undivided devotion to the Lord. Now, obviously, I'm a very big believer in marriage. I believe marriage is God-ordained and wonderful. I believe if you do it right, marriage can be the closest thing to heaven on earth. If you do it wrong, do the math. Uh, (Laughter) And and I've told you how I believe that our young people today in the church uh, throughout America, they're not getting married early enough, they're not having enough children, and I personally feel that if the church in America does not wake up, there's going to be hell to pay for her short-sightedness, a train wreck that we're headed to. But as wonderful as all that is, and as positive as as I try to be with all of that, uh, something important to know, to understand, to realize, is that not everyone is called to be married and being single is certainly not a condition that should be pitied in the church oh you're single that's too bad You know, that's, that's, that's not a right way to be reacting towards single people if you look at the Bible in the New Testament John the Baptist was single the Lord Jesus was single Paul the greatest apostle in terms of the writings of the New Testament was single Uh, Some of the history of the church. Some of the greatest champions of the faith. Over the last 2,000 years have been single people. So how did a religion go, whose greatest players were single people, go to thinking that somehow being single is, uh, you know, something bad or some kind of a mental disease or defect? You know, we have swung. Again, we're thinking upside down again. From a pure Perspective of serving Christ, Paul points out that the best possible place you can be is single because you will have the time and the energy to devote towards serving God and advancing the kingdom of God without having to be concerned about pleasing a spouse and or children that come along with that in -in in-laws and outlaws and all the other things that you have to deal with uh, in a married situation. Consistently, some of the people who contribute the most in this church are single people who have the time, the energy, the ability to contribute great amount of work and energy and volunteering because of the fact that they are single. Some of the strongest workers on my staff are single people. Who put in just an ungodly amount of hours in every week. I think they're a little nuts. But they're able to do it. And they don't ask for any special reward or anything like that. Uh, They don't get paid extra for doing it. These are people who work very, 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 very hard. For you. And for me. And for the kingdom of God. And they're able to do it because of the status that they have in life. Of being single. And we who are married in this church, should take great care to treat the single people in our congregation with special respect. Don't be dissing them all the time because they're not married. We need to treat them with special respect as those who have received a higher calling because the Bible teaches us clearly of the two stations in life, being married or single, you're one or the other, that the one that is a higher calling is in fact being single. Being single. And we need to be kind to those who are single, involve them in our lives. And let me encourage you married couples, involve single people in our congregation in your life. You know, if you're going to go out and have dinner, don't always think, gee, let's call some other couple. Think of some single mom or some single people in the church or some single guy. Bring them with you, involve them. They don't have cooties. All right? They're okay, they're people too, and they would like to be involved in life. A lot of them feel kind of abandoned on the fringes. Don't be like that. You can invite them to be a part. If you're going to a movie or something, doesn't always have to be another couple. Invite one of the single people in the church to come and spend time with you. Um, you know, if you're going to invite some people over, you know, invite them over to the house just to hang out and, and drink a Coke. Or if you're the senior pastor, a nice glass of wine. Get over it. Uh. (laughs) Be willing to help single people out, particularly single moms, single dads who can struggle. These people are champions in many, many ways, and we should be there to help and to be kind to these people, not treat them as though they've got some kind of communicable disease called singleness. Single people fill a very important role in our church even in our leadership. Now, most of you are aware that we have a leadership council in the church. One of the first things I did, actually I believe it was the first official thing I did when I came here, was to put all of the women on the council with their husbands. So it wasn't just an all-boys club anymore. But it's not just that uh, married people are involved in leadership. We also have single people. In fact, uh, one of the people who serves as a... one of the actual legal trustees of the church is a single girl, Kelly Rue, who does, uh, handles all our finances and stuff. Um, she actually, because she's a trustee, has more say than some of the, single advi- the married advisors and stuff. So uh, it's not that you always just have to be married around here. You could be single and have a great deal of impact in this congregation. You say, well, I appreciate what you're saying, Pastor, and, and uh, it's great that, that I can do this, but i got to tell you, I, I'm not sure I always want to stay single. And, uh, well, let's, let's take a look at the Scripture, and uh, back to Paul in the uh, 7th chapter of 1 Corinthians. He says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I am. You say, well, I don't want to stay unmarried. Well, he says, it's good if you can Uh, But if you cannot control yourselves, (laughs) S-E-X. If you cannot control yourselves, then they should marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Going to get married, I guess you won't go to hell. You know. Again, not real warm and fuzzy was this guy about the whole deal. Uh, and of a virgin marriage, he has not sinned. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you. Don't clap. What are you clapping for? <laughs> Here's a guy's gonna have some trouble right there, Jack. <laughs> marriage is hard. People come, Pastor Mark, something's horribly wrong, something's horribly wrong. I go, what is it? We got trouble in our marriage. I go, no, that's about right. That's what it says right here. You're going to have trouble. Get over it, get used to it. It'll be fine. You won't die, you'll survive. Paul's just being honest. You don't get there, you don't have these troubles. He goes on to say in verse 39, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. Certainly, one of the contexts that he talks about, if you're going to marry, is it should be a Christian. Why? Because Paul knew that the key to a successful relationship was not finding a soulmate on eHarmony.com. Stop that nonsense, would you? We're looking for some compatible person out there. The key to a successful marriage is not a soulmate. It's doing the right things. And if you live by scriptural principles, the Bible talks about being a believer, someone who's a Christian, who lives by the principles of Christianity, love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, long-suffering, which means suffering for a long time, (laughs) then you can succeed in marriage. It's not about finding some cosmic soulmate to make up the other half of your brain. All right. But then even then he says in verse 40, in my judgment, she's happier if she just stays single. And I think I too have the spirit of God. Now it's interesting. He says in my judgment and in a couple of places in in this chapter, he actually goes out of his way to say, I want to make, make something very clear to you. He says, I'm talking to you. This is not God. It is the only place that I'm aware of in the New Testament where anyone ever said that. He actually went out of his way to say, I'm being very clear, this is not the Lord telling you this. I'm telling you this. This was his advice. So, because of that, there are some issues that I take issue with Paul. And I say... If that's the case, then I disagree with you on some of these issues, okay? And it's okay to do so, because he went out of his way. This is not God, this is me talking. He says, I think I have the spirit of the Lord, but I'm telling you, this is my personal opinion. Thank you for at least letting us know that, okay? Because he seemed to be awfully negative on this idea of marriage. There's lots of possible reasons for that. Uh, The church at that time was going through a lot of persecution, a lot of suffering. Obviously, if you didn't have the the weight of a family, it would have been much easier for them to handle that and to deal with that. So staying single was absolutely preferable. The other thing, too, is... They thought Jesus was coming back very, very soon. When Jesus said, I'm coming back, they thought he was like, you know, going out for a quart of milk or something. You know, like he's going to be right back. Never in their wildest imagination did they even conceive that it would be thousands of years later and he still hadn't come back. They thought he was coming. And so if Jesus is coming, why are you going to get married? He's coming back. Let's move on. So there's all kinds of reasons for why he might think. But there are some strong principles in here. And there's certainly some uh, God principles that he does talk about that we need to look at. But anyway, so in this context of Paul saying, okay, this is what the Bible says, but this is my opinion. I'm about to give you my opinion about those of you who are single who still want to get married someday, maybe, which is fine. Uh, so this is my opinion. Don't have a cow if you don't agree with it. Don't say, "Well, he thinks about..." No, this is what Marky thinks. All right. But I think I have the spirit of God and have a little bit of a clue, like Paul's saying he had. So, number one, you need to be content. Okay? I don't care if you're married or if you're single. Just get happy where you are. I wish you could be a fly on the wall in my office. And as I travel around the country, and I'll listen to people say, I'm married, I'm miserable, I just want to get away from him. And single people say, I'm miserable, I want to be married. This is constant. Everybody's in the I'd rather be world. If I could just be here, I'd be happier. If I was just over a year, I'd be happier. That's why Paul said, Look, if you're married, don't try to be single. If you're single, try to be married. Particularly from a standpoint of trying to get happy. If I can just get happy. If I would just get rid of this idiot in my life, I'd be so much happier. You know, divorce does not make people happy. It doesn't. I know some of you have been through it and sometimes it's just, it just seems like the only thing in the world you can do. But you need to It doesn't make people happy. You don't get happier just getting a divorce. You have to realize you are tethered to this human being pretty much for the rest of your life. Particularly if you have children. It's not like you can erase them. you are still got to deal with this person. It's not a simple solution. In fact, a recent study from the University of Chicago showed that people who were reported they were extremely happy in their marriage, that five years earlier, they couldn't stand each other and were miserable. And that those who worked through the misery became the most happiest couples. Those who got divorced still reported they were unhappy. The reporter basically said divorce does not make you happy. Our culture says you're miserable, you're unhappy, get a divorce. Then you'll get happy. No, it's not a quick road to happiness. Better to work through the trouble and learn how to succeed to truly get happy. But really the bottom line is here that I'm trying to point out is that your happiness needs to come from Jesus. Man, quit trying to get happy. If your happiness depends on another person, I feel sorry for you. You're never going to be happy if your happiness depends on your circumstances all the time, you're never going to get happy. Oh, you'll have moments of happiness down, up, down, in, out, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Stop already. Get content. Oh, if I could just get rid of this idiot, I know I'd be happier. You don't know that. Oh, if I could just be married. I'm so miserable. I'm single. I hate being single. If I could just be married, then i will really be happy. <laughs> no you won't you won't be happier okay you need to be happy now are you hearing me? you need to be happy now if you're married you need to be happy now even if you're married to a nitwit you need to be happy now if you're single you need to be happy now don't walk around, oh I just need to find my soul made before I can feel complete which brings me to point number two for heaven's sakes be complete! (laughs) you don't need someone else to make you complete I love and appreciate my wife dearly but I don't... if she wasn't around it's not like I I ceased to exist we didn't get married because we were two empty souls trying to be complete those people who marry in those ways they're the most miserable people on earth if you're an empty half of a soul for the love of God, stay single don't make somebody else miserable it's not your answer a successful marriage is two complete people who can live totally happy, decide to come together and build a life together, these are the healthiest happiest families on earth Okay, be complete, you can be complete no matter what your circumstances in life. Okay, and I know, I look at a lot of you, y'all think I'm just talking about you because you've told me these things. Uh, there's so many of you, I can't even point you all out. Everybody struggles with this stuff. Stop being unhappy where you are. You can be happy. Say, well, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can. Don't tell me you can. Man, for thousands of years, people of faith joyfully celebrating Christ to their deaths. Being persecuted and tortured and filled with joy, unspeakable and full of glory. Don't tell me people who can be suffering and thrown to the lions could give up their lives with great joy. Don't tell me they could be happy but you can't because you married a nitwit. You can be happy. Does he irritate you? Yes, I get it. Does she get on your nerves? Yes, I get it. Paul said, hey, I tried to warn you. All right, but don't quit, quit trying to find someone else to make you. And particularly those of you who are, are single moms, you know. And, and I know those of you who have been through divorce and stuff like that. Man, talk about needing to get complete. A lot of you guys, you really need to heal yet before you go running off trying to find somebody else. And I know you're convinced in your mind if you could just find that one person, they'll be happy. But no, no you won't. Okay, you need to heal first. Slow down a little bit. You'll, you'll be fine. Get whole and complete. This is your best chance to have a successful life. Um, My opinion, but let me just throw out my opinion. Uh, Those of you who are single people, if you have small children in the house, my advice, wait till the kids grow up and get out of the house before you go jumping in another marriage. You know, you think... First marriages have a high divorce rate. It's nothing compared to second marriages. And I know some of you have been married. You're in your second marriage and third marriage or whatever. And God bless you and you can do it and you can succeed. I believe anybody can succeed. But statistically speaking, man, you go off the charts when you start getting into the second and third relationships. Why? It's hard. It's really, really, really hard. particularly blended families and I know we have blended families here and it's great and God bless you and again anybody can do anything if you just do the right things but it's hard if you doubt it for a minute go talk to some of these blended families ask them what it's been like in about 30 seconds you'll hear the word hell okay okay does that mean that they can't be happy? No, of course they can, but they'll be honest with you, man, it's been hell. It's been the hardest thing we've ever gone It is really, really hard. It's not the Brady bunch. You know, here's a story, but lovely lady, you know, just and everybody gets together and off into the distance forever. It's hard, man, it's hard. Do yourself a favor. You know, wait those extra few years. Let those little rugrats do the best you can. Get them out of there. Uh, My advice, you know, this isn't a law. It's just my advice to you. Okay, so be content in who you are. Be complete in who you are. Uh, Wait till some of these things straighten out. Get whole and healed before you jump back in. Most of this applies to people who've been married before and are single now. Um something to keep in mind too, uh it's not so easy. And you a lot of you single people, especially you single moms, you know it's not so easy to find somebody else. A lot of you women who are miserable and think you can just get rid of this idiot, you will find another idiot. If I were to ask right now, I won't do it, but if I were to ask right now, how many single moms do we have here? You would see hands all over the place. How many single people do we have? Single guys do we have here? Eh, 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 eh. You are grossly outnumbered. Your chances of finding Prince Charming is very, 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 very low. Don't be in such a hurry to dump the one you got. Let me help you fix the one you got. All right? You can do it. You can do it. It's not so easy starting over. Everybody thinks, gee, I'll be so much easier if I just start over. No, it's not. The statistics prove it out. Everything common sense—it just doesn't work very well. Um, and 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 again, this may—I can't stress it enough. Really be happy in who you are. Okay, let Jesus make you happy. I'm happy because Jesus Christ is in my life. I was happy before I got married. I was happy after I got married. I'm just happy. Why? Because my happiness comes from Him. I'm happy. I've been happy when things have gone well in my life. I've been happy when things have really stunk in my life. I've been happy when I've had lots of money in my life. I've been happy when I've been completely broken, had to look up to see poor. I've just been happy. Why? Because my happiness doesn't come from out here. Yeesh! If your happiness comes from out here, you are to be pitied. Quit it! Stop! Quit living in the I'd rather be. Oh, if I could just be over here, if my life could just be like this... No, you can be happy right now who you are today. And then finally for uh, you single people and and I'll address this particularly to the women Um, and whether you're single or you're divorced and a single mom or whatever take care how you look for a spouse. You need to use the right kind of lure to catch the right kind of fish. All right? And uh, so I'm going to give you advice on two different kinds of lures. If you're looking to catch a bottom feeding scum sucking fish, (laughs) then here's a lure you should use it's called Be Easy. Don't be easy to these guys. Finding some nitwit and let him paw all over you and climb into bed with you and have sex with you and all this other kind of stuff. You think, oh, I will win his heart. You're not going to win anything. You're going to attract the lowest of the low. All right? If you want to catch a high quality trophy, you need to use this kind of lure. I'll spell it for you. It goes N O. Come on! Seriously, girls, women don't understand. Single girls, man, the most attractive thing in the world to a boy is the word no. It drives them crazy. They chase you down, man. You keep saying no, no, no. Easy. They don't respect that. You don't want to be easy. Treat yourself with respect and don't jump every time they. Call and you know blah, blah. I just one girl once who worked for us and she came in one morning, she just crying her eyes out. So <laughs> what's the matter? Oh, he just does this and he never wants to command need us and this <laughs> I said, let me ask you a question. She said, Yeah, I said, if he were to call you right now at the last second to go on a date, would you go? Of course I would. I said, You're an idiot. What do you mean? I said, don't be so easy. But I just want him to know that I care about him. You're an idiot. The next time he calls you, you tell him, no. Tell him you got to wash your goldfish or something. (laughs) She said to me, really? I said, well, what you're doing ain't working right. Okay. So sure enough, she starts telling him, no, she's busy. Not as available. No, 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 no. She comes in three weeks. She says, oh my goodness gracious. I said, what? He can't leave me alone. He's calling me constantly. (laughs) I love it, she says. A few more weeks later, she had a ring on her finger. I'm telling you, don't be easy to these boys. Treat yourself with respect and you will attract higher quality fish and not bottom suckers, alright, stinky fish, and let me end with this, if you want a husband of strong faith, girls, and most of you do, if you come to this church, pretty much you love the idea of faith, and you fantasize, gee, if I could just have a strong husband, a good Christian husband, look, you don't fish in a pond full of non churchgoers okay, get a clue, Girls, I'm not trying to be mean to you. I love you. You're sweet. You're wonderful. I know you don't like being single and that, but don't be picking up guys in bars and non-Christians. All well, I'll turn him into a Christian. Yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes you can, but I'll tell you what. Even in those cases, cases, they're usually not really strong. The kind of guy you want. Trust God. It'll be fine. The other thing you have to remember too is being single is not a disease. It is according to the Bible, the highest possible calling you can have. Even as Paul said, even if you were married at one time and you're now single, my advice, he says, stay there. It's a high calling. God can truly bless you in that. But whatever happens for you, whatever God leads in your life, I just want this to be the bottom line of the message today. Being single is a higher calling in life than being married. Let's, as a congregation, go out of our way to treat those who are single in the church with special respect and special consideration and make an intentional effort to include them into our lives. And let's be particularly considerate of single moms and dads. Be helpful and kind to them. Pray for them. Assist them. Help them feel that they are an integral part of the family of faith here at Celebration Church. All right, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward. Uh, here as well as down at the cafe and uh, get ready to serve us our communion this morning and ask the musicians to come back up and uh, get ready to uh, lead us in worship as well. Um, As they're getting ready, let me ask you a question this morning. How how are things between you and God? One thing is for sure, whether you're married, divorced, widowed or single, everybody needs the love of Christ in their lives. Jesus Christ gave his life freely so you could have forgiveness of sins what is it the one thing that creates us in a state that we're so unhappy it's usually sin sin separates us from God and keeps God's best away from us well what do you do well the bad news is you can't do anything you can't do a thing about your sin it's there It's a wall of separation between you and God. The good news is that Jesus has made it possible to get rid of it. He will remove it. He can fill you with His Holy Spirit. He can have you connect with God so that you can start experiencing your full potential, your full joy, your full meaning in life. You can be deliriously happy, believe it or not, even in the most lousy of circumstances. I don't believe that. That's why your life stinks. You've got to get where you get this. It's not about where you're at in life right now. It's you and Jesus. If you let him remove the wall of sin in your life. To connect you with God. Grow in your faith. Let his spirit fill you. He will fill you with hope and joy that will not make sense to anybody. Why? Because it's separate from your circumstances. The world is used to circumstances dictating their joy, but not for a true believer. A true believer experiences joy separate from their circumstances. And here's the wild kicker. It's usually until you get to that place of true joy that God will start changing the circumstances. You see, the joy has to come before the circumstances change. If you're waiting for the circumstances to change before you can have joy, you're not going to get anything. Let God have His way in your life. He loves you. He cares about you. Jesus died on the cross so that His broken body would make it possible for us to be whole. His blood was shed so He could wash away all the sin in our life. So we could experience all that God has for us. I'd like us all to bow our heads in a word of prayer. Everybody here, as well as those down in the cafe and watching by television. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. If you'll pray this prayer and mean this from the bottom of your heart, you can begin this wonderful relationship. This wonderful experience of truly knowing God in your life. That's why Jesus died. That's what all of this is about. That's what we celebrate at communion. I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray this together. Say, Dear Jesus... I believe you are the son of God. I surrender to you this morning. And I ask you to come into my life. To forgive me of my sins. Help me to truly know you. Thank you Lord Jesus. Amen.